Hello everyone and a huge welcome to the podcast. This is the last episode of this season, Can You Believe It? And it's a special one because I am sharing my experiences of motherhood over the past two years. Oh, I can't believe we're here and I'm really, really excited to share all of my learnings with you in a kind of real relaxed and impromptu way. So sit back, relax and enjoy. So this is a big moment. It really has been two years. So much learning, so many insights, and that's what I want to bring together on this podcast for you. And I hope that it comforts you. I hope it's insightful. And most of all, I hope you learn something because that's what life's about, learning, right? Learning and growing. So I was looking at um, some videos this morning because I'm busy making Juniper a two-year, two years of life video and I've been taking videos over the past two years. So I was looking this morning and I saw the first ever video that was taken of Juniper and I after birth and I'm literally holding her and Tom's filming and he's like, Pop, he's like, you're a mum now. And I look at him and I mutter the words, fuck. Like, but my eyes, you can just see, and I look down and and I remember that feeling, looking at that video brought back that feeling of like, you know, almost like, what have I just done? Who is this entity, this being that's in my arms, that's now my daughter? Who is she? It definitely wasn't like, oh, you know, connection, the life that's growing in me. It was more like, is this what was inside? You know, a real kind of like jarring experience that I so wish was spoken about more, you know. And and I think what happened is I then internalized that as, something's wrong with me because I didn't feel that rush of love and I didn't speak to anyone about this but I remember when we stayed in hospital afterwards I had racing thoughts about not being good enough and and what if my love doesn't grow and like what's wrong with me um and if you've listened to my podcast about story time COVID restrictions you'll know that we went home for a period and when we when we went home I had this dark thought that like well you know I wasn't like yearning to get back. I was like, that's weird. And now I know it's okay. Like we hadn't built a relationship yet. You know, she was another being that I hadn't built a relationship with and that's okay. So anyone who's pregnant right now and who's listening, just know that it's okay that that your bond grows. And my God, my bond has grown with Juniper and I just (laughs) love her to bits now. And I'm actually quite happy that it's been a growing thing because it's been amazing. It's like, wow, you know? And it's almost like, I've said this in my podcast before, but my heart explodes for her now. Uh, I just I love her to bits. So yeah, and I'm glad that our journey has been one that's grown in the same way that my love for Tom has grown. You know, I feel like I've fallen in love with Tom multiple times over our time together. It's not just been one consistent feeling throughout our 12 years together. And that's the freaking magic of life that you know our hearts can expand for people and grow it'd be so boring if you just fell in love with your child and it just stayed so the same you know it's nice like to have these multiple feelings and experiences anyway um so the first thing I want to talk about is I want to come back to this theme so I spoke about it in my one year of motherhood is this this kind of sense of time this this time theme because for me time almost feels like it distorts when I'm simply with Juniper. So 
sometimes um, I have days with Juniper where I'm alone at home for the day, for example. So I don't know if I've explained this, but she goes to nursery three mornings a week. So we've got two full days together and then half days together throughout the week. So we spend a lot of time together, but then the full days where Tom's in the office and I don't have anyone coming to visit, I spend time with her. And and one thing I've been aware, aware of is how time can really slow down when you are just simply in the house with your child. And it, and it, like I was sitting on the floor playing with her and I was really kind of aware of what it feels like to be kind of an adult and then being with a child and how your, your, your mental kind of construct of time is different because when you're an adult, you, you know, you engage in adult conversations, you keep busy, you're, you're kind of like always on the move, especially in modern life. And, and it's kind of like on to the next thing, next thing, next thing. And that's kind of how we've been conditioned in school, right? To believe that the next thing is always going to be better than what you have right now. It's the ladder, it's the rat race, it's, you know, achieve this, go, go, go. And oh, when you get to the top, by the way, that's when it's going to be great. And now, you know, come on, we all know that that's just not the case. It's the journey. So what I what I've been aware of is like how kind of really present she is and in the now she is and how my I am more um almost predisposed to be a little bit like one step ahead of her and it's like it's almost a meditative process that you go through to bring yourself into their time zone. I spoke about this on the one year of motherhood, but it's it's become even more apparent now that she's grown up. So for example, sometimes I feel I project my need to be busy onto her. So I'm like, oh no, 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 she needs lots of things. We're gonna go to soft play. We're gonna go for coffee with Joe. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And it's like, that's me, that's not her because the times where I've chosen to get meditative and to allow myself to like lean into her time zone is the times where I've been like, wow, like this is the space that she inhabits. There's nowhere to go. You know, you go for a walk and they can be so obsessed with like the texture of the tiles and the concrete or kicking stones around and you're going, come on, come on, we need to go, we need to go. And it's like, you can actually stop and choose to be where they are appreciating something for the very first time, you know, and that's like, I think the magic of being a parent is they get to teach you how to be more in the now and be more present if you allow them to. But then I watch my my mind go, let's go. And I'm like, no, 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 bring it back. Land here, be here with Juniper right now. And I think that's that's something amazing that I've learned. But it's sometimes easier than other times and I and I've allowed myself to kind of be softer with myself and not be beat myself up for not wanting to sometimes I'm like I don't want to be in your time zone I'm actually like I want to be in my kind of busy (laughs) time zone and that's okay and sometimes it jars so if for example I've had a busy morning with work you know doing this podcast and do and then Juniper comes home and I'm lying on the mat I'm like it's like oh, like, you know, ooh, I'm, I'm now in a different time zone. And you probably, you might be listening going, what the F is she talking about? And this is my experience. Maybe, maybe you guys haven't experienced this, but I am a bit of a deep philosophical thinker. So <laughs> this is why, this is what goes on in my brain. One other thing is, is when I felt that I want to do something else or I feel my brain racing or I want to go one step faster, I sometimes watch my own frustration rise because I'm like, I want to do something else or be busier or be quicker you know you're walking down the street and and they're walking slowly and you're like hurry up 
and I watch my frustration and I literally just watch it, I observe it rise and then I accept it and it kind of transcends and that's what I like is is, is doing that and I, it's it's meditative and I find when, when I'm relaxed with Juniper, the best ideas come to me, my, my most incredible ideas that have turned out to be like really incredible pieces of work for example my immersive breathing audio which I'm so proud of which is part of Birthbox that came to me in the moment with Juniper and it was like dum I need to do this and I just went and, and act on impulse and executed it and I've had such great feedback on that and I don't think there's any other audio like that in the whole entire world so it was a real unique idea so I guess you can learn a lot from from being with your kid and, and being in their time zone and just allowing yourself to slow down and, and being mindful of like projecting the energy of needing to be busy onto your child. Because um, I've also watched my granddad and Juniper and they, they just they just literally chill in her time zone and she's and he's so, so happy. But I confronted him the other day and I was like, were you able to do this with us? And he said, no, 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 no way. I was saying, come on, come on, let's go, let's go in the same way that you do. So, you know, that's the special thing about being a grandparent. So that's the kind of sense of time piece. So I wanna also talk about this kind of mixed feelings and the ambivalence theme that so often comes with, with new motherhood, because obviously your life has changed, you have changed, your body's changed, expectations have changed, you know, you have a new role to fulfill. You can't simply wake up in the morning and totally think about yourself anymore. And that is a massive, 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 massive thing, right? And I was one of those weird people who was really looking forward to not thinking about myself. And I actually love that. What I love about being a mum is I don't wake up with that kind of feeling of like, what should I do today? Oh, who am I? What's my purpose? I'm like, you wake up and it's like, you know, you've got a job, you've got nappies to change, you've got breakfast to put on. And maybe that's a form of distraction of those kind of thoughts that is like quite nice for me, you know, not just, basically not just thinking about myself. And I really, really enjoy that. I like thinking about her and, and having that real structure to my day and, and a job, like it's a purpose. Come on, it really is. Um, but it's okay to have mixed feelings. So for example, oh, my dad's phoning. Hold on. Hello? Hi, Dad. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm just recording a podcast at the minute. Oh, okay. I'll leave you then. I just literally stopped that there. Right, <laughs> let me carry on. Um, so, sorry, guys. So, um, yeah, so kind of this feeling of ambivalence, you know, wanting to... Um, having mixed feelings, basically. It's okay. It's really okay, and it's a normal part of motherhood. So I went out um, the other night. Uh, you guys know I've been on a bit of, like, a, you know, drinking journey, trying to drink less and stuff. But the other night I went out, and I met a friend, an old work colleague, Sarah. And I got on the tube, and I just felt so free, you know, not having the buggy... And I can't explain it, but we went to a bougie restaurant in um, Soho, like really, really nice. And I, I don't do that. I, I wear the same pair of jeans, baggy t-shirt every day, apart from when I'm doing an Instagram video and I want to just present myself because it's a job. So for me to like get dressed up and go to a bougie restaurant, like I just felt so good and free and just lovely like and I sat around a table and I just hadn't done that in so long and all the girls been um, really dressed up high heels like you know those women who come and give you a hug and they just smell of perfume that's not me one bit but I was wearing my like scummy trainers so I felt a bit bad but anyway what I'm trying to say is like I felt such a good 
amazing feeling, a buzz. There was like a real buzz in the air and you know that feeling of just not caring about a thing. So um, I really, really enjoyed that. And I was kind of feeling a little bit guilty for loving it so much. But then on the train on the way home, I really couldn't wait to get home. And I had this weird feeling that Juniper knew I wasn't in the house. So I was rushing, rushing home. And sadly, I um, I couldn't get a cab because the Ubers kept on cancelling. And I got on a tube. So I got on the last tube, thank God. Had to walk home at half one in the morning along this big, long road of um, towards my house. So I was a bit scared. And I was thinking of Juniper. I was like, Shit, I know she knows I'm, I'm, I'm out of the house. Because we're just, we're connected. So I knew she was thinking of me. And I look at my phone and Tom messages being like, where are you? She's just woken up randomly calling for you. And I was like, oh my God, I know. I knew that was gonna happen. So I walk in through the door and he's downstairs in the kitchen with her in the dark, holding her in her sleeping bag. And I just hear, mommy, like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I've not heard her say my name like that before really. So I run up to her and give her the biggest hug. And honestly, that hug just, it was everything. It just, it, you know, it was it was that much more special because I'd been away from her. And I kind of feel like that's important as a mum to get that, go out, get that buzz, leave your buggy and your freaking wipes home and just go. Put on that, you know, pair of his heels, slap on the lippy and go. Put your hair down, go dance and then come back to your, your, your motherhood world and you just feel, oh, well, I did. I, I appreciated it more. And I think that's really important is to have that time away so you can appreciate um, appreciate them. So to continue with this kind of mothering instinct thing, it's interesting because when I see my mum, she also knows if I'm thirsty or not. And she knows where I'm at. She takes one look at me, she knows where I'm at emotionally. So I do think that comes from spending time with someone. The same, I have that same instinct with Tom. I literally look at him, I'm like, I know where you're at. Most of the time, he is so well, honestly. I said to him the other night, I was like, do you even have any problems? Like, how are you so well? And I was like, it's your upbringing, isn't it? You you had such a good upbringing, you had everything. And well, no, that's not always true. Right, guys, this is what happens when you don't have a script. So, um, so I, and I just want to rewind now. Um, so obviously, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like talking from start to the end. I just talk around because that's kind of how my brain works. But I want to just talk about the newborn stage again. Um, and I want to be really honest about something. So the newborn stage for me, so I don't know where I got this idea from, but I had the idea that being a mum was going to be the best experience of my life as in meeting the meeting the newborn and that whole thing was going to be like the best highest in, most incredible experience of my life and um, I was going to lock eyes with Juniper and I would just feel an abundance of love like a love bomb you know best feeling in the world and I kind of feel like the only way I can describe how I actually felt is like Imagine a sibling who has been asking for a sister the whole time. Please, mommy can have a sibling to play with. All of my friends have siblings. And 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 so mommy finds out she's pregnant and has a baby. And the sibling just feels so disappointed because the baby doesn't play. The baby's a little bit boring and it's just not what the sibling expected, you know? And that's kind of how I felt. I felt like, oh wow, so this is what this is about. I've got to change nappies, I've got to wake up in the night. Where's this love bomb? Like where's where's what I thought was gonna happen? Like where, 
expectations versus reality, basically. And that's how I felt. And I can only say this now. Um, and, and during that time, I internalized a lot of guilt because I was like, oh, maybe this is me. Maybe I'm, I'm the problem for not experiencing this. Um, and now I know it's just so normal. And, 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 and another thing, it's just come back to me now, was people would say, just you wait until you breastfeed and lock eyes. It's the most amazing feeling in the world. And I'd be looking at Juniper searching for that, for that feeling and for that moment. And, and you know newborns can't actually focus on your eyes. So her eyes would just be looking around. And I'm like, what are people talking about? This is, you know, this is not, this is not, this is not what I expected. However, now when we breastfeed and lock eyes, that is where the moment that everyone talks about. So maybe people were talking about later and I expecting it, expecting it to happen early on. But basically her, her eyes were like going around like spontaneously around the room, like unable to focus. And I'm like looking at her like, love, come love. So um, yeah, I guess it's that thing where things don't meet your expectations. But the beautiful thing now is that the love and, and like appreciation has, has grown and I wouldn't have it any other way. I would not have it any, any other way. I love that it's grown because it's been so special and so surprising and so amazing. Another thing I wanna talk about is PMS and parenting. So obviously your period comes back after a duration, after um, breastfeeding. And personally, I really struggle during those few days. For me, it's about two, three days of PMS. And I find parenting so hard during that time. So I just wanna say that if you also feel the same, you are not alone. Like, you know, if you're raging, if you've got raging PMS and you're trying to look after a baby, like it's normal, it's normal to struggle. Um, I, I basically start shouting at people on the road. Like I shout at cars, I'd never do that. I should literally scream at cars and stuff when I'm PMSing. So I find parenting really hard because I'm exhausted as well. I'm so tired. And that's where I get this feeling where I'm like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, and that's okay, basically. So I just want to say it's okay. And we need to normalize this, this parent PMS and parenting thing. So once a month, I find parenting really hard. But the rest of the time, I'm doing pretty okay. And I actually really enjoy being a mum. And I would not have it any other way. And right now... I feel in a really good place with my work and with being a mum and it's just lovely. I just love it. I love hanging out with Juniper. I love doing um, things like this podcast and, you know, working with couples all over the world now, which is just amazing. So, um, so the, another thing and I've spoken about this before, but I want to bring it up again is, is just the importance of putting down the phone because if you're with someone who is constantly looking at their phone, it's a very jarring experience and it's quite disrespectful. So I've had friends who are very kind of addicted to their phones and they're constantly looking at it. And I'm literally like, dude, can you put down your phone and just be with me now? Because this is annoying. It's 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 quite um it's not a nice experience because if someone's constantly looking at their phone, they're disrupting the flow of the conversation, of the connection. And Anyone who has kids knows that the kid plays up when you're on the phone, even from a young age. I was speaking to someone the other day who has a newborn and he was saying that their newborn coughs every time he looks at the phone. And that's basically a way of going, hey, look at me, pay, pay attention to me, because your focus diverts when you're constantly looking at the phone. And check your statistics and look at how long you're spending at the phone. Also look at how many times you've opened the phone and that will give you the data you need to decide like to set some boundaries around that. So for, for now, I set boundaries. So I'll, I'll put my phone on airplane mode, then 
figure out um, points in the day to look at and re- and reply to all notifications. So obviously my business involves social media. So I get comments which I need to reply to because if you don't reply, then you don't look good. You know, you don't look good if you're not kind of interacting. It's like if someone left a review for a shop, you would reply because everyone's going to look at that re- um, review and see how businesses are responding to people. So it's the same sort of thing. So I am on my phone for business and that changes things. And so if I don't set boundaries, I could be looking at my phone all day long. And that is jarring for Juniper. She's already expressed her views about that. She squeals when I'm on my phone. She doesn't like it, you know, and I don't blame her. It's disruptive. I don't want to be with anyone who's on their phone the whole time. So um, also, if I see an email or comment, it's hard not to reply in that moment. So I don't want to see it until I can reply everything can wait as well all of those messages can wait and it's far more productive and effective to check your work emails and your friend emails in stages throughout the day rather than all day because we're all there's always shit coming in our phone all day long so for me I set boundaries and I'm not perfect sometimes I actually want to look at my phone um and not just in those set times but I really think it's respectful and the times where I've chosen not to look at my phone, so for example breastfeeding, when I've chosen consciously to not look at my phone, I have the most fun with Juniper and I'm like, oh, imagine I could have been looking at my phone and it's like, if I look at my phone, then I'm not engaging that fun interactive time, you know, I'm not, I'm not initiating and if I'm, if I'm not on my phone, I'm initiating it because there's nothing, you know, there's nothing, I'm not doing anything else. So that's something I really think is important. Um, And it's just respectful. You know, when kids at a young age, they can't really articulate why they don't want you on the phone, but they they show in their own way. And I think the phone, the mobile phone can be so disruptive to relationships, to ideas. So many people um, don't have time to let their brains incubate and connect ideas and reflect. Some of the thoughts I've had when I've not had time with my phone have been the most amazing, rich, thoughts that have led to projects for example um i decided to put all my meditations online for purchase which i hadn't thought of before um and and now like yeah i'm 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 able to kind of pass them on to more people and stuff it was only going to my meditations are part of birthbox but now they're part of um an additional offering for people who maybe are doing another course but want additional meditations so i've got ones on pregnancy anxiety positive affirmations so that's all now available by the way if anyone wants to have a look but that idea came to me when i decided not to be on my phone um so stuff like that just allowing your brain to connect ideas incubate etc so I mean, I could talk forever about motherhood and and all of these things, but one thing I did want to kind of touch on is um, society's expectations for you to have another one if you have one. So I was in the sauna the other day. We were away with um, I was away with Tom and Juniper. In uh, we sometimes go away for the weekend in uh, the countryside or wherever. Not not often, but just to break away from London. And I was in the sauna, and Tom and Juniper were playing outside. And there was a man next to me. And you know how in the sauna there's this kind of thing where actually you can talk because you're in the sauna. It's like this, this, the walls get broken down. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're like sweating in this room with people. It's quite intimate. So anyway, so he said, oh, is that your daughter outside? So I said, yeah, 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 it's my daughter. He said, hmm, you can have another one then. And I looked at him like, firstly, that's a really invasive question. But I said, um, well, yeah, I guess we're sort of, you know, thinking about it, nothing set in stone. He said, oh, you, well, when you have one, you have to have another one. I said, why is that then? He said, so they can play together. It's like, well, they don't always play together, but anyway. And he said, well, you know, I would say 
have them close together because um, then they'll be able to go to school quicker and they'll go to school at the same time and then they go to uni at the same time and then they bugger off and you'll be able to get your life back. And I literally looked at him, I was like, okay, but my perspective is I would like to, if I choose to have another one, if we we choose to have another one, I would want to enjoy each of them for their own unique, you know, what they what they bring to the world and and in their own unique way. I wouldn't want to rush that because I want to really relish all of the stages. And he literally looked at me as though I was mad and that was the end of our conversation. And I was just like, that, you know, number one, I want to talk about the expectation that people just assume, oh yeah, just keep the buggy for the other one, you know, or, oh, I wonder what the other one's going to be like. And I'm like, who are you to say, you know, that how do you know? So I've become way more mindful of just projecting that and even just asking people because you don't know what's going on with fertility and things like that. But it's very, very hard because if you've got one, there is definitely, you can see people are just like waiting to ask you if you're having another one. It's such an invasive question. But um, I'm really happy to share my thoughts on this podcast with you. So number one is um, I, I am constantly kind of challenging the reasons behind maybe having another one, you know, is it society's expectation, is it guilt for not providing a sibling, or is it just that I want to enjoy the parenting stage again, so I'm constantly kind of questioning that process, and we talk about it sometimes, not always, but I'm really happy that Tom and I are on the same page, that we are really loving our trio, and we love our family, and for me, I want to be intentional about having another child. I want to want to have another child, to yearn for it, to, you know, and who knows? Like, we don't know what what, happened, what could happen with the fertility side. Um, so I don't, I think it's healthy not to just expect as well, you know, that you can just have another child because it's not always like that. But for me, I want to go in 100% intentional and that's just who I am. I know some people are quite happy to be fluid and just have, you know, an oopsie and just, be like well if it happens it happens that's not me I really want to be intentional for me bringing a child into this universe is a huge decision that I want to be rational about as well as like using my heart and my mind to make that decision in the same way that we did with um, Juniper I really wanted to have a, a, a child at that time and and we yearned for it and it was amazing for that reason you know we really we really wanted it and I feel like even if you were applying for a job, you would really look at the pros and the cons, the distance, you know, how long you have to travel, the wage, da 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 da, and you'd make the decision. And I feel like having a child is far bigger than any decision you could ever make in, in your life. So for me, I have been quietly reflecting on the pros, the cons, what it means, how it would change our fa- family dynamic, and um, the timing. And the short answer right now is that it's not the right time so I've just started my business and it's and it's literally now just starting to really bear fruit put so much work into this like you have no idea and um I've been lucky enough to be able to kind of take a hit in terms of the finances like I'm not making a, a sort of profit at all I put way more money and time into this business but what business does make a profit when they start out so for me it's like I've put so much into this this kind of passion project slash work that it's only just now starting to bear some fruit and and I'm like well I can't afford to take time out and plus I don't want to feel split into two I I don't want to have a child just to give Juniper a sibling but then want to be somewhere else I want to be intentional um and so for us like it's just not the right time and I don't want to shut it down completely but we are very very happy as a trio and and I would always interrogate the decision to have another one 
um, until, you know, it's to the point of like, yes, that's what we want to do. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. But I met a woman by the swings in, in the park nearby and she had two children. They had about five years apart. And I asked her, I was like, how did you know you were ready for another one? Um, and she said, it's interesting because when her son was the same age as Juniper, she was like, absolutely not, not ready didn't have enough time and I said yeah that's how I feel I feel like I don't have enough time I don't have enough time and energy for another one like I'm just about getting by with my business and Juniper and Tom and house and family and friends looking out you know I don't have any more time um and she said but the interesting thing is time opened up for her time and space opened up and I'm like that's interesting and I can really see that happening you know once this business starts to kind of get a bit more structure in place and it all kind of and then I'm like, I can see that happening. I can see the time and space opening up. But right now there's no time and space. So I wouldn't want to, I know myself. I don't want to overstretch myself. <laughs> I want to enjoy life, you know. I want to enjoy, if we were to have another one, I want to enjoy that newborn stage, enjoy the pregnancy. But right now I can still remember the heartburn. <laughs> oh, just having a big stretch. So, um, yeah, I hope this was all insightful for you. But So I just want to say, obviously, this is the last episode now. I am taking a break from the podcast um, and I want to be really honest why that is. I've got to be really honest with you, is that I put so much work into this podcast um, and obviously this is a passion project and I feel like right now there's a lot of incredible knowledge in this podcast for anyone and there's enough. So I could keep adding and adding and adding, but I think someone could listen to this whole podcast and get a really good wealth of knowledge about birth, pregnancy, motherhood. And I've done it, you know? And and yes, I could continue to talk and, and open and expand, but it's not bearing enough fruit. And right now I've got to focus on the things that are bearing fruit for the business. And I've got to take a smart business decision. And me sitting down with this microphone, keep on researching, exploring, is not taking me anywhere and right now I've only got a limited amount of time and I'm going to come back to make another announcement about where else I'm going to be spending more time and where else you can find me um, but not right now so so I will what I'm going to do is record another life update podcast to just explain what's going to be happening and when things um, when when times opens up hopefully by the end of this year I'm going to record more episodes but if you've loved this podcast let me know get in touch with me so what so what so basically I just want to end with a few things right now my service offerings are number one these meditations that are now up for purchase so you can get those anytime and um, there's the 3d immersive audio in there there's anxi- anxiety relief positive affirmations labor and prep audio so an audio that guides you through your labor go and have a look guided movement everything's in there all of those meditations come with my online course birth box which you can purchase which is now 40 pounds so that's my online course and then i also do one-to-ones so i've got a full hypnobirthing course and then i've also got a hypnobirthing light so if you're doing nct we can do a light option together and then i've got power hours so i'm on, i'm going to be on instagram mostly now you can find me on there i'll be doing lots of video birth tips etc and then email me if you want to spend time together but it's been an absolute pleasure it's been a real pleasure to do this podcast and to chat with you and explore and learn and I've just loved it so much so yeah I'll see you when I see you all right guys all the best sending you mad amounts of love and energy in this moment okay
，拜拜。